Hello and welcome to the Bible for Worship at St. Paul Lutheran Church on this third Sunday in Advent when our scripture passage is written in the prophet Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 4 and 8 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. God has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display God's glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For God has clothed me with the garments of salvation, has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a glorious vision this is. What a remarkable promise of vindication and thriving after that vindication. The focus of it is Zion, God's dwelling place on earth and the home base of God's people. Israel, the people of God, and its capital city, Zion, metaphorically, have been mourning and captive and brokenhearted and the prophet announces good news, victory, reversal of all that they suffer. It just doesn't get much better than this in all of the prophetic corpus, in all of Scripture. Isaiah, for whom the book is named, is known to us from the historical books about biblical Israel in 2 Kings chapter 19 particularly. And that is an 
eighth century prophet in Jerusalem. But this passage and this section of the Isaiah book comes from a later time, a time when the people have been in exile and the capital city of Zion, Jerusalem, has been occupied by others. The messages of that time are joined to those of the earlier Isaiah because these messages build on the same kind of theology of Zion, that this is the place where God has chosen to dwell. This is the place that God has given to God's people as their temple city, their capital city. And this later Isaiah, whom we hear in the lesson, knows other earlier traditions as well. This writer knows about the Jubilee year that was designated as a time when those who had fallen into what we might call indentured servanthood or had had to sell off their land because of debts or hard times get restored to what was their family's original holdings when God divided up the land. It knows about the covenant of God with Israel. It knows about Israel as God's vineyard or the planting of God. All of that had been lost in the exile. And to those who have no sovereignty, who cannot celebrate a jubilee or declare it, who do not see their own plantings and vineyard going to God the way they expect and desire. To those without sovereignty, this is a powerful message. Not about some future salvation that is spiritual, but about a restoration of life as God intends it. It has substance. It's real. It is freedom. It is bandages on wounds. It is growth right out of the earth on which we live. And it is visible. Isaiah says that others will see it and know that this is a people whom the Lord has blessed. It's these very concrete, visible transformations in the world that makes this text so central to liberation theology in Christian circles. In part because the Gospel writer Luke in chapter 4 presents this very text as the core of Jesus' mission in which Jesus says these verses have been fulfilled in your hearing. And so, if it is Jesus' mission, then when the church is the body of Christ, it also becomes the church's mission to strive to bring about with God exactly the kind of freedom, the kind of binding up, the kind of growth that this glorious vision presents.
and even where God's reign is not yet visible on earth, as it was not for Isaiah, as it was not in Jesus' day, and as we certainly know that it still is not, even where God's reign is not visible yet on earth, Jews and Christians know from this scripture and from our faith the promise and the taste of God's reign. And that is what leads us on day by day as witnesses and partners in building that kingdom with God as, indeed, Isaiah would call us, a light to the world. God bless.